We're going to be reading this morning from the 119th Psalms. We're looking at a brand new series we're starting today called The Word. Every verse in the 119th Psalm describes a characteristic of God's Word. We're going to take a look at several of those descriptions of the Scripture, why it's important to our life, why it's exciting, why it brings joy, why it brings peace. You're going to discover some wonderful things through this amazing psalm as we take a look at some selected passages through it. We're going to start the very first verse this morning. Starting in verse 1, we'll do the first three verses of the 119th psalm. Also, with this series, there are some companion Bible studies that are on our website. If you just go to nationalheights.org, click on the media selection in the menu, and uh, down the list you'll see uh, life group resources. You click on that, there are several selections. One of them is called The Word, and there are six different studies that will be going along with each of the first six of these messages. The first two of those Describe why we can know that the Bible is reliable. This is something we certainly accept by faith, but there also is some tremendous evidence why the Scripture is reliable, why we can believe it, why we can know that this is authentically God's Word and every word in the Scripture is truth. And there's some wonderful things that you can discover there. That's all available on our website. I encourage you to take a look at that if you have some time. It's designed to be used either in a small group, uh, there's a study guide that goes along with that, or you can just use it individually. You can just take a look at it yourself and look at some of those studies. So you can find all that uh, on our website. I suspect most of us in this room, at some point in your life, you have played the game Monopoly. When I played Monopoly, I always wanted Boardwalk. You know, that the, the Boardwalk Square was the most expensive square, but if you could obtain Boardwalk and its companion piece, a park place, and start building some houses and some hotels, if somebody else landed on it, it was game over. The properties on the, on the Monopoly game were originally named after some actual properties in Atlantic City. Uh, the Atlantic City boardwalk has changed over the years, but originally they actually had boards that you walked on in the boardwalk. Uh, it was designed to decrease the amount of sand that uh, visitors would bring in off the beach. The hope was that the boards would knock some of that sand off before they got to the hotel lobby. I mean, who wants a lot of sand in the hotel lobby, right? So that was the idea. Psalms 119 begins with some instructions that are far more important than just a clean vacation. The psalm begins with instructions on how to live a blameless life. Verse 1 says, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in His ways. You want to know how to live a blameless life? Well, God's Word provides the map. First off, why would anyone want to live a blameless life? Let's admit it. It's a legitimate question, at least from a human point of view. We look around and we see some people who don't follow God's rules. They don't live according to God's laws. They take shortcuts. And sometimes, from our perspective, it looks like they're the ones who are getting ahead. Sometimes it seems like those who do seek to live according to the Scripture 
they seem to wind up last. After all, don't they have that saying, only the good die young? Well, actually, that statement's not true. A study cited by CNN found that a decrease occurred in the death rate of about 13 to 33 percent in those who attend church compared to those who don't. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? (laughs) But even if those statistics weren't there, we still might wonder, could my life be better if I just didn't quite do everything that God wanted me to do? Maybe there's a better way. After all, that's kind of the foundation of all temptations, that You can do better. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden when the serpent told Eve, Hey, you know, that apple, (laughs) that's going to be better for you. We think we can do better. Well, this morning, we're going to see how the Bible dispels that dangerous myth. In fact, the entire 119th Psalm, every verse describes the value of God's Word. The Psalm has 176 verses. They're divided into 22 stanzas, each having eight verses. And each verse in the stanza begins with the same Hebrew letter. And Each stanza proceeds through the entire Hebrew alphabet. It's almost as if the writer is describing how God's Word gives us everything we need from A to Z, or all of Tata in this case. There are eight different synonyms that are used for the Word of God. It's described as the laws, described as statutes, it's described as precepts, and we'll see several more as we look through the psalm. The first verse presents the overall theme of the entire psalm. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. And actually, that's not just the theme of the 119th psalm. It's the theme of the entire book of psalms. It's the way the psalms start off in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That Hebrew word for blessed is used 45 times throughout the Old Testament. Jesus uses the Greek equivalent of that word in in the passage that we often call the Beatitudes. It's sometimes translated as happy. It describes a place where all of us want to be. A place that has contentment. A peace that goes beyond just this moment. A peace that lasts. It's a peace that the Bible describes as passing all understanding. It's the joy of the Lord that the Bible describes as our strength. Why would anyone want to live a blameless life? Well, that's where we find what we're looking for. That's where we find joy. That's where we find peace. That's where we find happiness. There's a barbecue restaurant, Waco, Texas, where there are no seats, no tables. There's no plates, there's no knives, forks, napkins. 
You stand in line and they hand you your barbecue on a piece of butcher paper. I understand there's some places in Kansas City like this too. It was not in what you would call the best part of town. And when you did finally get there, there was no parking available. But still, every day for lunch, people would line up, not only in the restaurant itself, but out onto the sidewalk. And they would be there until the barbecue ran out. Now, why? Because that's where the good barbecue was. Why would anyone want to live a blameless life? Why would anyone want to live according to the law of God? Why would anyone want to live according to the Scripture? Look at all the things you'd be missing. Why would anybody want to do that? Well, that's where real happiness is. Now, some find that out the hard way. They've tried all the promises of this world, and they've discovered for themselves just how empty they really are. And some are blessed to be shown this truth at a very young age. But whether you find it after a lot of years of wasted time or whether you find it because you're blessed knowing that at a young age, the truth is still the same. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Now, we know where we want to go, you wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't think God's Word wasn't worth living. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't believe that you wanted your life to be the way God wanted it to be. That's, that's why we're gathered here this morning. So we know where we want to go. Well, how do we get there? That, that restaurant in, in, in uh, Waco, it was way off the beaten path. You would not find it if you didn't know where it was. But people did find it. They did whatever it took to get the directions to search it out and then to stand there waiting in line to eat some melt-in-your-mouth barbecue. Now, as good as melt-in-your-mouth barbecue is, the promises of God's Word are far, far better. And no cholesterol. Verse 2 in Psalms 119, Blessed are they who keep His statutes And seek Him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in His ways. The the word that's used in this verse, the term for God's Word, it describes God's testimonies. His declaration of truth. The admonition here is to seek God's truth with all your heart, with everything you have. Verse 2 It almost sounds impossible. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. Who can possibly live up to that? But the verse isn't describing perfection. There is no way that any of us would do that. We all fall far, far short of that. The word that's used in verse 3 for wrong, they that do nothing wrong, it describes our behavior towards others. The word for ways describes God's direction in our life. In other words, this is a person who seeks to treat others in the way that God has treated them. Or or put another way, it's someone who loves others in the way that God loves 
them. So, so how do we do that? Well, well, Jesus makes it really simple for us. He, he does that in so many ways. He, he does that in this case as well. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We seek God's Word with all our heart when we seek Him first. It's that simple. It means that before we make a decision in life, we ask ourselves, well, is this something that God wants me to do? Is this something that, that loves other people the way that God loves me? Does this follow the direction that, that I know that God has for my life? We ask that question first, not second, not third, not somewhere down the line. That's what we look for first. Is this what God really wants in my life? The Friday after Thanksgiving has been designated by retailers as Black Friday. And across the country, folks will get up at 2 in the morning. They'll line up around the block in the middle of a cold November morning. All that to get that $50 4K flat screen TV. And then finally, the, the doors will open on the store. The, and then they'll kind of wander through the store, just looking at stuff, kind of shopping down the aisle, maybe go get a cup of coffee. No! When they open the door, as a huge crowd, they will make a beeline to whatever it is that they're wanting to get. Because they know if they don't get there first, they're all going to be gone. And so they will scramble with everything they have to get to that 4K flat screen TV first. If you want a cup of coffee that day, don't get in their way. Now, if we do that for a TV that's going to be obsolete the next day when the 8K TVs come out, why wouldn't we do that for something far, far more important. Why not seek first the kingdom of God? Why not have that kind of passion for God's Word, that kind of dedication, that kind of willingness to make God and His Word the first thing in their life? Now, some of you are saying, well, I would never get up at 2 a.m. to go shopping. Those people are nuts. Well, if that's not that your thing, I guarantee there's something in your life that, that's that way. Uh, there's some of you guys that will get up before that to go out there and get in that deer blind, be the first one out there to get that buck. Or you'll drive several miles and, and get there early in the morning while it's still dark to get that perfect spot on Bennett Springs, get that line in the water first. You know what I'm talking about. There's something in your life that, that it's important to you. It's significant to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with being the first one in line at Black Friday. Just don't ask me to go with you. There's nothing wrong with being out there in the deer blind or being there on the shore of Bennett Springs or whatever it is that's important. There's nothing wrong with, with any of that. But take that passion. Take that, that enjoyment. Take that desire and focus it on God's Word. So what are some practical ways that we can do that? Well, there are some things that we can do that will help us 
to focus on God's Word. You, you can make living out God's Word a priority first by making prayer a priority. Before you start your day, before you've made any other decisions, before you face whatever opportunities are going to come to you that day, be sure you're prayed up. Spend some time with the Lord and say, God, I'm going to be faced with some decisions today. I want to make those decisions your way. I want to follow your path for my life. And I know I'm not going to do that perfectly, Lord, but, but God, if, if you'll help me, I want to make your way my way. Start your day being prayed up. Make a priority of God's Word in your life by making prayer a priority in your life. Second, now this one sounds obvious, but make Scripture a priority. Do what it takes to read and study and apply God's Word. Develop a, a daily devotional habit that gets you into the Bible every single day. Now, I told you last week about, about an app that you can put on your phone. It's, it's called YouVersion. And I don't know if any of you did that this week, but there actually are some sermon notes and have some thing on there this week. We'll start that. We'll have that for the next several weeks, see how that works. But one of the things that the YouVersion app is, and all it is is just a Bible app that you can have the Bible there on your smartphone or on your tablet. But one of the things that it has, it has some daily Bible reading plans, some ways for you to study through God's Word. It has a plan that will take you through the entire Scripture in a year. It has plans that focus on different topics, has plans that focus on the Old Testament, plans that focus on the New Testament, plans that focus on, on different areas of interest that you might have in the Scripture. A plan, I don't know about you, but for me, having a plan helps me with one of, the, one of the things that I do when I'm coming to the Bible for my devotional. Where do I start? What, what do I read today? You know, I used to do the old finger point message. You know, you open and point and start reading. And, and that was okay. I mean, it, there's, it's all good. But having a plan helps you to focus that a little bit more. It helps you to direct that reading a little bit more. And uh, there are several of those available. And there's lots of other plans as well. Find what will work for you. Find a, a, a Bible reading plan that daily you can get into God's Word. And I do that early in the morning. You don't have to. Some people do this at night. Some people do it at lunchtime. Whatever time of day uh, works for you. But find a way that daily you can get into God's Word. So you can make God's Word a priority by making prayer a priority in your life and then by making Scripture reading a priority in your life. Third, memorize Scripture. Now I know you're saying, well, I don't know. I can't really do that very well. My mind just doesn't work as good as it used to, you'd be amazed. God's given you an amazing brain. It's just amazing. There's a whole bunch of those cells up there that are just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> they would love for you to have them get something that would be interesting. They're looking for something to remember. So why not give them some Scripture to remember? Now, I know some of you say, well, I did that back in vacation Bible school. I don't do you can do this. Uh, there's a wonderful, and again, I know I'm talking about a lot of technology stuff, but there's a wonderful app that I discovered in, in our Sunday school literature. I don't know if you, some of you that are, that are on the same literature we're using in our class, we had this, oh, it's been several months back. But there was a suggestion about an app. It used to be called Scripture Typer. Now it's called Bible Memory App. 
but it's just the same app. But uh, it, just, it makes Bible memory a game. And I, I don't know about you, but, you know, memorization is not the most exciting thing in the world. So it's nice if it's kind of fun. It kind of makes it a little bit, a little bit of a competition. That makes it, makes it nice. And this app does that for you. Again, if you're using the Uversion app, if you're using our uh, uh, event for today, there's a, a uh, link that will take you right to some information about the Bible Memory app. I've been using it for several months, and it works really, it's really great. It's, it's amazing how well, again, just having a plan uh, helps you to do. It even has some suggested memory verses, because that's, again, something that, that I used to struggle with. What verse do I memorize? Which one do I do? Well, it's got some suggested verses for you to start off with. Find a way that will help you, though. You will be amazed. If you will just make, not a, this doesn't take a ton of effort. I'm just talking about, you know, five minutes a day would, would be enough. But if you just make a little bit of effort, you would be amazed at how God will bring those scriptures back to your mind right at the moment when you need it. When you're in a point of decision, when you've got a situation that you're wondering what to do, all of a sudden God will fire off one of those neurons in your brain and you'll remember that verse that you memorized several months before and you'd forgot all about it. But all of a sudden, God brings it to your memory and you're able to use it that. So you can make God's Word a priority in your life. One, by making prayer a priority. Second, by reading the Scripture. And third, by memorizing the Scripture. Find a plan that works for you. If you don't like technology, you can, just little flashcards are fine. You can do that. That works great. Find a way that, that helps you to memorize Scripture. And then finally, there are lots of others. But, but one other suggestion this morning, you can make God's Word a priority in your life by doing what you're doing right now. Gathering with other believers. That's tremendously important, and we forget about that sometimes. Even some of us that are kind of in the routine of coming to church, we get in the routine so much that we forget how significant this is. That we're gathering together, we're worshiping God together, we're lifting up His name together, we're praising Him together, and we are encouraging one another in our walk with the Lord. That's so significant in your life. That's so important to have the encouragement of other believers. And, and I would say take it a step further. I mean, coming to worship is great. We're glad you're here. That's, a, that's an awesome thing. But, but form some accountability groups. And we have some set up for you. That's kind of what our, our Bible study classes are. That's a small group of folks that can, can hold us accountable to following God's Word, that can, can encourage us personally to follow God's Word. And find one of those small groups that will work for you. If we don't have one that works for you, we'll help you start one. Uh, find a way that you can be with a group of other believers to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Make God's Word a priority. Make Him first. Heavenly Father, we face a lot of challenges in life. But, Lord, your word is up to the challenge. There is nothing that we will ever face that your word doesn't give us direction. There is no crisis that will ever come up in our life that your word does not give us hope. There is no situation where we're faced with a crossroad in life determining which direction to go that, that your word won't give us direction. So, God, help us to make your word a priority. Help us to first seek your will in everything that we do. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.